When you look at our return to learn plan, we offered two options. We offered a tiered approach option that took you through tier one, two, and three. I absolutely understand that our families want to prioritize having a Ladue teacher. It's what we love about our, our, we have amazing teachers in our district. So we've heard the comments. We've tried to make an adjustment to give you a little bit more time. But I will tell you that I think things will become a little bit more clear as we get closer to those community meetings. Welcome to the See, Serve, Connect podcast. This podcast will serve to support our students and staff by promoting the wonderful things happening in our Ladue School District, by discussing public school education in today's times, and by engaging our community. The See, Serve, Connect podcast starts now with your host, Ladue School's Superintendent, Dr. Jim Whipke. Hello, Ladue families, Ladue parents. This is Jim Whipke, your superintendent. It's a pleasure to get an opportunity to chat with you today. Uh, I do have a guest here and I want to introduce her first and foremost. Uh, many of you have probably had an opportunity to talk with her through email as she has had a lot of different emails she's answered uh, that we've tag teamed to answer together about our return to learn plan. Uh, Dr. Amy Zielinski is here. Hello everyone, I'm Amy Zielinski. I'm the Assistant Superintendent of Curriculum and Instruction for the Ladue School District. And I'm excited to be here to help answer some of the questions that I've come across over the last couple days. So the reason why we decided to do a video today is we really wanted to take a minute to break things down from our Return to Learn plan that we sent out. We sent our, our Return to Learn plan on July 20th. And since then, we have really stirred up a lot of questions, which was only natural. We were expecting it. We did have our Return to Learn email address and many of you have sent email correspondence to us. We tried very hard to get back to everybody that had a question, but we thought what we would do today from our return to learn plan is just take an opportunity to answer some questions that you have had on multiple occasions. So with that being said, uh, let me give you just a real quick snapshot as a little refresher to our return to learn plan from an academic front. That's where most of our questions have actually popped up. So when you look at our return to learn plan, we offered two options. We offered a tiered approach option that took you through tier one, two, and three. Tier one, if that was a possibility, we would have five days, full days of in-school instruction. If that's not a possibility, we offered up a tier two option and approach. Tier two was more of a hybrid. Um, where it alternated days that kids would come in and receive regular in-person instruction. And then finally, tier three was the possibility, if we can't get back in the buildings at all, we would end up going fully virtual, or what we had called e-learning within our tier structure. That was just one option, and the movement of tiers, or what tier we actually start in, would actually be the district's responsibility to select as we get ready for our 2020-2021 school year. The second option was if parents said, you know what, for, for this, this first semester, I'm really not interested in getting into the buildings and we want a virtual option for an entire year. That's what option two was about. You could opt out and say, we really just want to focus on virtual and not worry about, are we gonna be in a classroom, in person or not? So. Since then, we've gotten a lot of questions. Dr. Zielinski, I just want to thank you, first of all, because you have taken the bulk of these questions and answered them because, again, they've been from an academic front. 
And uh, I thought that we could just take a minute to go through maybe some of the, the top three or four questions that we've been receiving and toss out some answers so that we can maybe help save some fingertips uh, in terms of emails and people bouncing back uh, to us. But by all means, if we end up answering some questions and you have additional questions, do never hesitate to reach out to us. But uh, Dr. Zelensky, let's, let's tackle that whole myth out there about how the option two virtual learning is completely different than the e-learning approach in terms of the type of service and curriculum and instruction that kids would get in a virtual option. So again, we're at that option th uh, option one, tier three, so we're totally learning in, in our return to learn plan here, or you're going with option two. There seems to be confusion over that. So I've gotten, that's a great question, and I have gotten that question several different times. Really, the, there is very little difference between that tier three, uh, option one, tier three e-learning, and option two virtual. Should we begin the year in an all virtual environment, there actually would be um, no difference between the schedule and the format of the days and the expectations around synchronous and asynchronous learning, which means how much time teachers are going to be working and interacting with students live versus how much time students are working on their own and have flexibility. The e-learning plan that is that was part of our return to learn plan actually applies, especially the part around schedules, applies to both that option two fully virtual as well as if we would start the year or at any time during the year have to go to that tier three in option one. Haven't made a total decision yet on where we're at with things, um, but I think that hopefully will clear up some of the, the myths and some of the differences that people are having out there between option two and then option one, tier three. So hopefully hopefully that takes care of that. But again, if it doesn't, feel free to reach reach back out to us. Um, you know, Amy, we also have, have had some discussion about, uh, and maybe you can expand and expound on this a little bit, uh, the Mizzou platform and the launch platform. And what in the world are all those things because we're not even used to doing virtual learning and now all of a sudden, are we using this platform, that platform? How, do, how does that work? And, we just want our Ladoo teacher, so maybe you can you can help because I know we've tackled tackled that question quite often. Yes, so that was another very popular question, and I absolutely understand that our families want to prioritize having a Ladoo teacher. It's what we love about our, our we have amazing teachers in our district, and so um, the an option three an option tier three option one we do have. Um, students would be following the teacher that they had been assigned to. And option two, I know there was some frustration because there felt like there was a lack of clarity. I want to assure the families that if we utilize Mizzou or launch um, resources, that it's just that a resource, that those would be resources that we would be utilizing similar to a social studies textbook or a science textbook in which teachers would be able to utilize some of these online resources to meet the needs of the students and their family, but that the curriculum itself would be aligned with the Ladue curriculum. Now I do want to be honest and share that there are some classes that may be difficult for us to offer in a virtual option with a Ladue teacher. And that's why we've also partnered with the Clayton School District so that if we have particular AP classes, for example, that have small numbers of enrollment, we will be able to partner with the Clayton School District and hopefully be able to provide those classes so that students can still have the curriculum and experience that we value here in the Ladue School District. Yeah, so 
trying to please everybody is not going to happen, right? And but what we are trying to do is we're trying to make smart decision based on data that we've collected. The data does come from you all. Um, we are uh, in the process of putting together an additional survey. Uh, we have heard that as a, a question and a request. You know, Dr. Whipke, when you sent out that survey, things were so different, and now I would want to answer differently. Uh, and so we're gonna, we're gonna definitely get some more additional feedback. The hope is that we can get that survey out to you before the weekend and get some information back so that we can continue to put plans together. We wanna make a smart decision. We just don't wanna make a decision where we select a tier and then down the road uh, know we're gonna to have to change it immediately. We also recognize that as a parent, I'm a parent of four, Amy's a parent, she's got three kiddos at home. We do, we do recognize that decisions have to be made. Uh, and we do recognize that we need to make these decisions in enough time that you can plan and prepare. So we, we, we have that on the, on the forefront of things. I also wanted to state that, you know, when we look at our plans and we look at option one and the different tiers, uh, we stated this in the return to learn plan, but I, th I think that this is an important component that what works at one level doesn't always work at the second level and the next level, meaning grades, right? Meaning elementary, middle, and high school. They may not all be on the same plan in the same tier. Somebody asked a, a really good question and they said, you know, well, how do you determine what tier you're at and when you're gonna move tiers or not. And we are, we are currently working on that. We're working on it with um, some doctors that are in the area. We are also working on that with our lead nurse. And then we are trying to get some consistency amongst the other school districts because many of the, the return to learn plans were very similar amongst school districts. We're trying to get some consistency with St. Louis County Health Department in terms of what would be the appropriate uh, metrics to use and the appropriate criteria to use in terms of whether or not we move and, and slide uh, from one tier to the next tier. So um, question, Amy, okay? This question has come out a couple of different times too, and that is around our community meetings. We decided uh, as a district that we've given out so much mass communication to the entire district, we decided that, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna take some time just to zoom in on school communities. And we put a couple schools together to talk a little bit about with their, their parents about the return to learn plan. However, we've gotten a little bit of feedback that has said, okay, why, why did you make the requirement for option two virtual July 30th when some of those community meetings are right next to it? And I understand that, especially when we started to get the emails come in, but there is, there is some rationale into why we did what we did. And I thought maybe you could help answer that. Yes, so a lot of the, the challenges are, as you can imagine, it's hard to build a virtual option and be able to answer all of the questions families have until we actually know how many students are going to be a part of that option and what courses that they had selected to take, particularly at the secondary level. Um, however, we did discuss, and uh, I, I hope it's okay that I'm saying this, but we did discuss, we, we will gladly allow for families after we make the final announcement, for families to be able to change their option that they have selected um, based on the, the final announcement that we've created. We've also discussed moving our, our 
deadline for selecting an option to Monday, August 3rd, to allow families a little bit more time to process um, before they make that selection. So we've heard the comments. We've tried to make an adjustment to give you a little bit more time. But I will tell you that I think things will become a little bit more clear as we get closer to those community meetings. We do have a board meeting on July 27th. Uh, encourage anyone who wants to get some additional information to listen into that board meeting uh, because we will be providing a little bit more information. I don't anticipate a vote on a tier quite yet, but I do think we'll be giving a little bit more clarification at that board meeting. And then followed our board meeting on July 27th, I think that'll end up helping us flow naturally into those school, school community meetings that we're having. Uh, the whole goal is that we work together. The whole goal is that we get collect and get information. I will tell you that I've been a, a superintendent uh, for, for several years now, been in education for even more years. And I, I can tell you, I've never been around a school community that has so much intelligence, smart ideas, and we wanted to tap into you. We wanted to tap into you all as a resource. And I feel like we have. We've had over 10% of our population reply in some way, whether it be phone calls, whether it be emails again. And so it's taken a while to siphon through all of it. Um, but the ideas and the thoughts have really helped us. It's helped me as superintendent. So thank you for that. I also want to just take a minute to pause and say the, the, the approach of our community has been of total support. Uh, as I've read through the emails, uh, I want to thank you for recognizing that our return to learn plan took a lot of effort and it, and it definitely did. But I also want to, want to thank you for recognizing that we have high expectations here and we're going to live up to those high academic expectations for our community. And we're not going to let you down in that area. I can assure you of that no matter what tier we fall on. So Amy, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that, uh, you know, probably we need to clear up uh, around distance learning, online learning, <laughs> e-learning, virtual learning. And, you know, we were obviously in a tough situation at the end of last school year. Uh, fourth quarter uh, pretty much was, hey, you guys are getting ready to go on spring break. Take every piece of material that you possibly need with you because we don't know if you're coming back. And then we instantly had to flip over our classrooms into distance learning classrooms. And I will say, first and foremost, our teachers worked incredibly hard to make that happen. But it wasn't ideal. And it's not even close to what we're mentioning when we talk about option two, virtual learning, or when we mention option one, tier three, e-learning. So I don't know if you want to clarify that or clear some of that, the, that, that up. Yeah, absolutely. The, the teachers worked tirelessly to try to create a, a situation out of a really not great situation. <laughs> um, and so what we really focused on in kind of emergency pandemic learning was getting information to students and trying to have the opportunity for them to engage in some level of learning. But as we look to next year, we really built an e-learning plan that 
addressed a lot of the concerns that we saw that came out of the spring. And again, I'd, I'd like to draw everyone's attention as they, they look at the Return to Learn plan to really uh, encourage you to take a look at that e-learning plan because it really outlines the differences that we'll see from what we saw in the spring to what we're gonna see if we should have to be at that tier three level or if we were in a virtual, uh, in a virtual environment. It really addressed one of the major concerns uh, that we've, the parents, that we heard from parents, which was around um, too many uh, applications and too, ma too much information coming from all of these different platforms. And so we've really tried to streamline um, how students will receive their information. We also heard from parents that um, there was a, a lack of accountability for students um, and that, that really made it difficult for students to engage in their learning. And so we, we do plan on giving continual and regular feedback and uh, including grades in the new e-learning plan. And then the final piece was, was very obvious. There needed to be more student-teacher interaction. Um, teachers really uh, were trying to figure out and how to navigate the environment as we switched to online learning in the spring. But we've created a schedule and a structure that requires live daily interaction with students every single day and a schedule that will be followed each day that will help families be able to plan and students to be more engaged in their learning. I would agree with that. I think the e-learning plan from the feedback that we've gotten, and it was linked in the document that you could go through uh, with the return to learn plan. Uh, I do think we've gotten some pretty positive feedback on that. Uh, I would really be remiss if I didn't bring up this next question because we have heard this as well. Um, and uh, we, we probably need to tag team this one a, a little bit, but uh, we have concern about, you know, my, my son or my daughter has a 504. Um, or has an IEP and what's going to happen with them and how is that all going to work? The, the first thing is we're, we're in partnership with Special School District, right? And so we're working together as a team to look at all of our students, the, what their needs are. I've encouraged a lot of our families to reach out to their child's case manager and ask specific questions about what's in their best interest in terms of option one or option two. And to have those types of conversations, because everybody's situation's uh, completely different. But we are committed to looking at all of our kids as individuals and then going through this and, and really trying to make sure that we, we program specifically in light of our situation to where, where our kids' needs are at the present time. We've, we're constantly having uh, meetings discussing this with SSD personnel and working together in tandem. I don't know if you have anything you wanted to add. No, just to, you know, just to reiterate, we have met with our area coordinators regularly. They are aware of our tiers. They are aware of the options that we have. And as we get further down the road and start fleshing out individual schedules and families make the choice that fits their needs the best, we will be working again with those case managers and our area coordinators to make sure students' needs are met. Yeah. So I know that, I know that we've, probably taking more time than people thought we were going to take with these questions and diving into this. But um, I will tell you that this is not easy. Uh, this is not an easy decision that we have in front of us. We're working closely with the board. Uh, we've got a lot to consider. Um, you know, we have, we have our staff, their, their wellness and, and to consider. We have our students' wellness and, and health to consider. Uh, and you know what? We have your uh, you know, health and wellness to, to consider uh, as we go through making some final decisions. We will use science in our decision. We will look at the data of COVID-19 cases and we will break things down before we make a final determination. People have said, well, how can I plan, 
you know, I would, I would tell you that, you know, think through those tiers and think through the possible scenarios that you must plan for within those tiers. We will get an answer to you just as soon as we can. And then the last thing I, I, I think I want to want to state, and then if, if, if Dr. Zelensky has anything else, she definitely can. But when we look at our decisions, right, we really are looking at them under three tenets, right? So the health and safety of students and staff, and that extends past our boundaries, right? So the health and safety of students and staff, um, because many of our staff live with, uh, outside of our, our, our boundaries. The other piece is we really want to make sure that we're preserving the continuity of the delivery of instruction. That's important. You know, how, much inter how many interruptions can you have in a quarter or a semester and still be able to, to, to learn and grow as a student? And so the continuity of curriculum and instruction. Uh, and then we recognize, and I've heard from many folks, we recognize this takes a toll on our students from a social and emotional standpoint. And, they, and, and the strength of Ladue is the community and how we've drawn connections to our school community. And we are, we are having a lot of conversations about the social and emotional needs of our kids and making sure that no matter what tier we select, there's a connection to our schools. So those are really our three tenants that we've really kind of broken things down to that, that we're looking at. I don't know if you have anything else in closing, Dr. Zielinski. Uh, I know, you, I, I will say publicly, you have been just an absolute rock star and helping us get through this. And uh, I know that sometimes it may seem like a thankless job, but <laughs> you have your superintendent right here telling you thank you. Well, uh, you've done an amazing job for us, and we got a lot of work in front of us, yes. a lot of communication in front of us, but we're going to get through it together. Absolutely, and I just echo that. This is, this is hard work, but I want you to know, and I want everyone to know how committed we are to our families and to our community, and that we are going to get through this together. We really are. So maybe, maybe I know we got our mask on and, and all of that, but maybe just an air high five. All right. Okay. All right. Thank Do not hesitate uh, to, to call us or contact us if you have any, any further questions. Thank you. You've been listening to the See, Serve, Connect podcast hosted by Dr. Jim Wipke, superintendent of the Ladue School District. You can watch this podcast on schooltube.com or listen to wherever podcasts are delivered. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.